You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Good, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Randall Beatley. Let's jump right into it. We we got so we got some things we're going to talk about. We're going to cover Crown Jewel and its predictions. I'm going to give you five stars that are five potential stars in the current NXT product that I think are featured. Five people. Um, or groups. There are two tag teams and then three individuals that I think are potential stars. Now, I say potential stars because you can't guarantee, you know, everything. You can't guarantee that these people are going to be, um, you know, superstars in the industry. Uh, but the, um, these are five people that I enjoy watching that I think have that it factor and if booked properly can be a potential star that are currently sitting in NXT. Um, we're going to talk to me why I'm going to, or I'm going to give you my reason why I think NXT is the best show on of WWE. And then, um, like I said, we'll end it with Crown Jewel predictions, but we're going to begin this. We'll go ahead and get the Tony Khan AEW hate out of the way. And this actually doesn't revolve around Tony Khan. Um, it actually revolves around his locker room. Um, and it, it starts with uh, JD from New- NY on Twitter, which um, is controversial in and of himself. Um, so I'm going to say two statements here. Both are true. Two things can be true at the same time. First statement. JD from NY does not know what he's talking about. 99% of the time. Or at least comes off like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he comes off hateful, misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. I'm not an ist type person. I don't know if he's sexist. I don't know if he's a misogynist. But his tweets come off. As this, he does seem to have a sort of a larger hatred and he's more outspoken against women's wrestling than I've seen him. Now, I've never enjoyed anything that he's done, whether it's YouTube or his tweets. I've I've never been a big fan of him. I always thought that he catered and and was extremely biased to the AEW crowd and to the AEW locker room. And now he's getting getting condemned now. The second statement. The reason he's getting yelled at was a truthful statement. And that is Marina Shafir versus um, Jade Cargill is a shitty-ass match. 
It's a shitty match. It's actually going on. Uh, AEW is actually going on as we speak as I'm recording this. I don't watch AEW. I have nothing necessarily to say about the product, but ju- I agree with this statement. That match just uh, it just on paper just seems like it's going to be a clusterfuck. Right? Two th- things to be true. What I more am more what I am more concerned about though is the fact that there is this unprofessionalism in the AEW locker room um, from the superstars and but it it doesn't surprise me because you have EVPs who kick in apparently kick in doors of of locker rooms and and allegedly you know can't be professional enough to talk things out and rather would start a brawl um you have a CEO who you know, he's unprofessional all the time on Twitter, commenting back on hate hate comments on, on Twitter. It doesn't surprise me that these people can't take a little bit of critique. Um, and so they've been going after him. I don't have I don't I'm not gonna spend a whole bunch of time on this because it's not really important. I just don't understand this unprofessionalism in Pro wrestling. You're supposed to be professional. Right? You're supposed to be pro. And there's so much unprofessionalism in in, in not just in AEW and a lot of the indie scene as well, but could you imagine? Could you imagine, you know, a a WWE superstar you know, hating on and, and calling names of a fan? Whether verified or not, whether big name superstar or not, could you imagine, you know, doing this? Um, I I don't know. And if they do, I'd call them out just as much. Right? So I don't necessarily care about the situation. JD's a, a dumbass anyway. I don't necessarily like him as a person. I'm not condoning him. In fact, I would say don't follow him. Don't listen to him. Um, but if that's something you do like, if you actually agree with him on a lot of what he says, have at it. Believe what you want to believe. I just, I'm not a big fan of him. I, I do stand with him, though. He has the right to, to critique superstars and critique matches. As a fan, he has that right to critique it. And, and this is more of a bigger thing of the IWC, right? In order to be, like, influential in the IWC, you have to... You know, you have to do what everyone else likes. You have to, you know, follow the trends. And uh, it's not that's not something I'm interested in doing ever. Um, but you also have to... Like, it's funny to me how quickly the IWC t- eats their own. How quickly the superstar... Eats. And there's this new sort of, like, perspective... Where, like, if you've never wrestled before, you can't, like, use their lingo. It You know, there's a lot of gatekeeping from wrestlers themselves, especially on the indies, where, oh, you can't use our lingo. You can't, uh, uh, you know, you can't tell us that we suck because you've never done it before. Well, I tell uh, football players and basketball players and, and baseball players that they suck all the time. But I've never played collegiate or pro football. 
That's part of being a fan is critiquing the product. So I'm just tired of all the gatekeeping that seems to happen in the IWC where everything is toxic if it doesn't agree with, you know, the, the, the point of view of the mob or of the majority of uh, the IWC. If you sort of deviate from the majority, you're, you're toxic and you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you get caught out on. And, and I don't know. It's just weird to me. Let's move on. Let's talk about NXT and why I think it is WWE's best product um, at the moment. At least the most entertaining to me. I have the you have some of the best wrestlers. You have you have some good matches. You have some good stories. Raw is boring to me again. Triple H has played his card. He's brought back all all of his people, and now it's just sort of boring. You have some things that are good, but. I don't know, maybe it's just this push into Crown Jewel. I'm just not a big fan of what we have ha, have had happen here post, you know, post Extreme Rules, but really leading into Extreme Rules as well. I just haven't been all that excited on the product. I feel a lot of it's the same. I feel Triple H's and the booking team, they've gotten real lazy. They've just produced a bunch of 30-minute matches on Raw, and they ha- don't give us much, you know, story or content. They still haven't explained what the hell Nikki Cross is on Raw. Like, and then expect me to, you know, understand what's going on. The last two Raws have been extremely boring, in my opinion. I was there live at the Charlotte episode, as I've done an episode of. Uh, and I've already given my opinions on it, but I, there were moments of that show where I was like, this is boring. At least at home, I'd be able to, you know, have good internet service and can go on Facebook and like I was in my phone for some of the, for some of that, right? We've Triple H is coming to the point now to where he's just producing a bunch of non-storytelling matches, and it, to me, Raw is becoming dynamite. SmackDown, you have a little bit like I can watch the Bloodline. I think Otis and. Uh, Gable are entertaining as hell. If if Corbin came out and was a little bit more... I've already told you what I would have done with Corbin. I would have had him in a suit. And if he came out like where he was presented as a wrestling god rather than whatever the hell he's trying to present himself as. Like they're calling him the wrestling god. But he comes out like still as happy Corbin. And it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. As to what Corbin is, he's just not being presented right. Right? I love damage control. I love, you know, the individual. But the stories are just bleh right now. And then on SmackDown, I mean, outside of the bloodline, there's really nothing much going on. But on NXT, I can watch, you know, Braun Breaker and what he does is great. Wesley as champion is great. Grayson Waller, you know, talking trash and, you know, Doing all of that. That's great. Um, pretty deadly. I've learned to sort of like them as the heel champions that they are. They're pretty great. Um, I actually just got done. I recorded last night's episode of NXT because I was watching the World Series, um, which is on right now. So this is why this episode isn't going to be so long because I'm going to go back to watch. I need I needed to make this now because this was the only. This was the last day I can make this podcast before. Crown Jewel. So I went ahead. I'm uh, I'm skipping watching part of the World Series right now. But 
It's the most baseball I've ever watched, ever, is the World Series. And right now, I just I just don't watch baseball during the season. I don't really necessarily care about either of the teams. It's just fun to watch the world. This is when baseball means something, right? Uh, I heard, and this isn't a baseball podcast, so we won't go into that. But, um, yeah, this is this is a fun. Anyway, NXT, right? So I just got done watching that episode. It was thoroughly amazing the entire episode. Um, like, like, even to the point of, like, Chase U, which sucks that Bodie got released from WWE. That really sucks. Because I, I, I guess it's, you know, he's just not progressing the way they want him to. But I thought he had some of that charisma that maybe you could overlook his lack of development in the ring. Um, but it seems to me that that's a, a, a point of, uh, excuse me, a point of emphasis that Triple H is trying to have is good entering work, which I understand. Um, and while we're talking about this episode of NXT, I don't know if it's storyline or a real injury, but prayers up to our truth. This dude's a legend. If Ron fucking Killens is not in the Hall of Fame at some point after he retires, it, it it's a crock. This dude is fucking amazing. Dude is a legend. I I, I consider our truth a bigger legend from Charlotte than Ric Flair. Like Ric Flair is not even from the area. He's only popular here because he wrestled in the area, you know, in the, in the in the Jim Crockett promotions. But Ric Flair isn't even from Charlotte. So I've I've never understood why the Charlotte area, you know, took to claiming Ric Flair. He's from Memphis. That was where he was born. He's from Memphis. He's, he, de- he doesn't even really have anything in relation to the city of Charlotte other than Jim Crockett promotions. Um, and so I don't necessarily care about Ric Flair. Our truth is the, is the Queen City's uh, legend. That's who I came to see, like, I was talking to my friend before the episode of Raw in Charlotte. Like, our truth better show up. Like, this is a good way to have him show up at his hometown. Anyway, um, prayers for him. Hopefully, if he is hurt, that it's not that serious. Part of me wants to say that this was story. Um, and that in the same way that Grayson Waller hurt uh, Apollo, he's now hurt. Uh, our truth, but I don't know. It could have been a real injury. Either way, I hope he's fine, um, and we'll see where this leads. Um, but yeah, NXT to me is just overall. It's presented better. It has better matches. It has more promo. Up, like, in, uh, I think it's more so. I just enjoy the wrestlers on NXT a lot more. Um, Schism is slowly starting to get over to me. Like, at first, I wasn't understanding where Gacy was going when he was by himself. Then he added um, the other two. I can't think of their names right now. They used to be Grizzled Young Veterans. And that was weird to get adjusted to because we, like, saw them, like, two weeks before they joined Schism as Grizzled Young Veterans in a match. And then they come back, and they're, like, shaven and, and bald. And it was just weird. Um, and now we have Ava Rain, which <laughs> she knows how to talk. She's got that promo skill, and that's amazing. I love it. 
Um, NXT is just great. I love. I think Vic Joseph, outside of Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Wade Barrett, those are like the top three to me. Vic Joseph is highly underrated as as a commentator. Um, I like it. I like his work. He does very good job at you know telling the story and doing what he needs to do. I I, I like Vic Joseph. I really do. I know a lot of people don't. But I do like Vic Joseph. Speaking of NXT, we're going to spend the next few minutes talking. I got two tag teams and three individuals that I think are potential stars that are currently at the NXT level. So we'll start with the individuals. We'll start with we'll start with people that I'm you know, not so certain, like, this is like a 50-50, this is me taking a guess, and then we'll go with people like, I'm 100% certain that this person's going to be a star if booked properly. There's always that caveat, there's always that asterisk, that the booking determines how you get yourself over a lot of times, you know, it's you getting yourself over, but it's also your booking. So booking, taking into consideration, I think Thea Hale's a potential star. I think she's only like 19. She's very good in the ring for her age. And I think if she's doing this Chase U gimmick pretty well, um, if she can get out on herself, maybe part of me thinks that her and Duke Hudson are going to turn on Andre Chase and that Chase University is essentially over. Um, that's part of what I think is going to happen. And that's going to be very interesting to me. But I think Thea Hale has that it. She's young. She's got the potential to become a superstar. And that's why she's on this list. Um, you know, if she was a little bit older, been right, um, maybe maybe not so much. But she's only like 19. She's got an entire career ahead of her. Um, I thoroughly enjoy whenever she's on screen or, you know, doing what she does. She, she's really good. Right now, and I think she can only get better. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and throw these out here. Like I, I used Braun Breaker and, and Carmelo and Nikita and Cora Jade last year, um, so I'm not gonna use them again. So the next star, I'm sort of like 60 40, and again, booking really plays a part in this. Odyssey Jones returned after blowing out his patella. Having surgery to repair it. Was out for like nine months. He comes back and he puts on a pretty decent match. Um, they definitely put him over on commentary. There's definitely plans for him to be used. Um, it's very rare that I like bigger superstars. I'm a bigger guy myself. Um, but I tend to want to see... And when I say bigger, I mean fat. I'm f like overweight. Um... I tend to believe that WWE doesn't really push their fat super, and I'm going to say overweight fat superstars. They tend to use them as they're using Otis in the sort of comedy gimmick. But Odyssey Jones seems to be getting that Keith Lee push when Triple H was in charge of NXT, and Keith Lee got that big giant push. That seems to be where he's moving Odyssey Jones, and 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 I hope he goes to the moon with it. I like Odyssey Jones. He has that. He looks like he could be like a fan favorite. I don't see him as a heel, but he could be. He looks like he could be like the next Mark Henry. 
I really I hate to compare him to someone already, but he looks like he could be that next Mark Henry to me. Now, number one, again, depending on booking, so I can't be 100% certain, but I'm like 90-10 here. I'm 90% certain that this person, based on booking, if, if booked correctly, is a, a future superstar in the women's division, and that is Kiana James. It took me a minute to, to, to grow on her, but she gets better every week. She's very good in the ring. I saw her live on the main event episode in their match against Dana Brooke. She's very good, right? She's very good. And I don't know how long she's been wrestling for, but I don't think that's like her background. She was one of the Vince McMahon hires right before Vince left. Um, That was sort of like, we're going to hire professional athletes over old wrestlers. Um, And I like Kiana James. I think um, she's got a little bit left to learn and maybe get a little bit better. I don't necessarily know her promo skills. Um, Let's see how long she's been doing this. Uh, So it looks like 2022 is like her debut year. So the fact that she's been doing this... What, less than a year? I wish I had a Wikipedia page, not like all of these gimmick pages. Anyway, it looks like she's been doing this for like less than a year. Um, yeah, the beginning of entering career, nine... Excuse me, 11 9 21. So, one year of in ring experience, trained by Flatbacks Wrestling School with his Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears. Less than a year of experience. I think she's, you know, very, very good. She, uh, very, very good. She's only had like 36 matches in her career um, based on this website. Um, so her first match looks like it was on an episode of AW Dark, which tends to be what happens. You got these women who go on Dark, and then they don't get signed, and then they come over to, um, they, you know, they, she lost one, uh, <laughs> two, three, four straight matches on Dark. And then goes to WWE at the beginning of the year. And um, basically is used as developmental, changes her name. And then, you know, really started winning towards uh, October. They really started to push her, it looked like. Some wins and losses here and there. My whole point is, I think she's a superstar. I think she's gotten better. I think there's a lot she could do better, but she's a superstar, in my opinion. Now, let's talk about these tag teams. So, uh, the Creed Brothers, let's go ahead and throw it out there. I think they have the potential to be what American Alpha was um, 
and potentially be better than American Alpha. I love the Creed brother. I love, like, it, it took me a while to get, now I'm not a big tag team wrestling fan, I'll be honest, but their style, they, they remind me a lot of, you know, Kurt Angle, like I said, American Alpha, America's greatest tag team. It's one of those things where, like, I enjoy their gimmick, the brother, the actual being brothers. There's always something to me where it feels like they have that just birthed chemistry. Um, and tag teams, if, if like, if you have a brother and you're in wrestling and both of y'all wrestle and then they put you together as a tag team, you just ha- automatically have that sort of chemistry. I, I Like the Usos, I, I feel, right? It's just that... <laughs> That connection, right? That birth chemistry, and then I don't. I'm a little biased with this one. Uh, Briggs and Jensen with Fallon Henley. All three of them are superstars. I love everything about them. I love the gimmick. I need them. I need them to not change anything about the gimmick. Just continue it the way it is. Maybe a little bit stronger push. I think Fallon Henley's great. Um, I like the tag team as well of Briggs and Jensen. This thing works so well. Continue with WWE. Don't let me down with this one. It's my favorite tag team in NXT um, is Briggs and Jensen with Fallon Henley. Great. Those great things. All right. So we're going to end it there. Not much more to talk about. Not much you know, insight there. We're going to predict Crown Jewel, and then we're going to go back and watch the World Series. All right. So we're going over to Saudi Arabia. First off, I'm going to go ahead and... Send my thoughts and prayers with the talent. Hopefully, WWE makes the right decision if they find that there is an imminent threat. There's apparently reports that um, Iran may potentially strike in Saudi, and the arena where Crown Jewel is being held is listed as a potential place of attack. Hopefully, if WWE gets any reports that you know something could happen, that they you know, stop the show. There's no reason to, to, to... Now, my problem, and I bring this up because there's there's the there's the fans that are like, oh, WWE win their blood money. They don't care about their, their talent. Why are we still there? Blah, 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 blah. Look, the deal may not be great. We all can admit that the Saudis, the Saudi government are, is not a good entity. But neither is China, and we suck China's balls all the time. The same people who complain about Saudi... I don't see them complaining about China, and I hate to get political, but that's just the that's just the case. Um, but let's talk about this thing right here. Let's go over these matches. Let's start at the bottom. Bliss and Oscar versus Damage Control for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Basically, a rematch from from Raw, where Bliss and Oscar uh, won the titles. So, I think Bliss and Oscar retain, and I personally think we could potentially get a Sasha Banks and Naomi return here. Um, I I personally think that's what. So one of two things are going to happen: we're either going to get a match at War Games at Survivor Series War Games between Alexa Bliss, Oscar, and Bianca. Versus damage control, all three members for winner takes all, or we're getting Naomi and Sasha Banks back, and I and we they need the faces to be the champions. I would have waited. I would have made this a match, and I would have waited for the title change to happen 
at Crown Jewel rather than on Raw, but it is what it is. Uh, but a Bliss and Oscar are winning this match, without a doubt. Usos versus the Brawling Brutes for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. I'm going the Usos, but something might happen here. How, what does the Sammy Uso, the Sami Zayn get involved here? Um, in some way to determine the outcome of this match, um, we shall find out. Bianca and Bailey for the Raw title last woman standing match. Bianca. Bianca's going to win this match. I definitely think Bianca wins this match. And I think we get Charlotte's return as well. Um, I think this is where we get Charlotte debuting or returning to start the feud towards WrestleMania against Bianca. Omos versus Strowman. I could give two fucks about. Strowman better win this match. Cross versus... McIntyre in a steel cage match. Um, I think McIntyre is going to pull this one out. I don't understand where this where this feud is going, to be honest. But I'm going to say McIntyre. Lesnar versus Lashley in this brawl of a beatdown. I don't know where to go with this because part of me believes that Lashley needs this win so that he can put himself back in the main event picture. But I don't know about... I don't know. I'm going to go Lashley. Lashley needs it more, so I'm going to go Lashley. The OC versus Judgment Day in the six-man tag. I'm going OC, and I think they figure out who their their fix to Rhea is. Part of me wants it to be Charlotte, and this is where Charlotte actually debuts. Or, or returns, not debuts, but excuse me, re- debuts. Returns, whatever the hell you want to call it. But I want to know, do we get a Rhea fix, a Rhea problem fix here for the OC, and who is it going to be? Charlotte could be it. Maybe it's someone else. Well, I can't wait to see who it is. And then our main event, Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. This is the match This is the match everyone cares about. This is the reason why I'm reading this card off of Days in News. This is the reason why every sports broadcasting company in the world is talking about this pay-per-view is because of Logan Paul. There's rumors that Jake Paul is going to be there. I've even heard rumors that KSI is going to be there, um, which is Logan's business partner with Prime. This is getting press for good reasons. This is why I'm all for Jake Paul and Logan Paul and Bad Bunny. If they're going to put in time to to learn the sport, Pat McAfee even, if they're going to put in time to learn the sport, I'm all for them. Um, I'm all for them. Uh, wrestling and, and coming. Celebrities are great. Celebrities are great if they're going to put in the work to, to learn the business and to treat it with some sort of respect. Like Because in the past, you've had these celebrities like Snooki and stuff who've done matches that really pro- didn't put in a lot of work to learn the business. And it was just, we have a celebrity here for no reason. right? I think Roman Reigns is going to win. That makes the most logical sense. But we're going to go down what if lane here. What if Jake Paul wins? Excuse me, not Jake. Logan. What if Logan Paul wins? And we get the press for Sunday and Monday. Leading in the Monday Night Raw. Of Logan Paul beat Roman Reigns. And we have the entire fucking world talking about it. And then we get the Monday Night Raw and Logan opens up and Paul Heyman comes out and says, no, 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 Jake, you should have learned to read. 
that was just for the Raw Championship, the WWE Championship, not the Universal Champion in which my Tribal Chief uh, has not lost and will continue his, you know, seven, eight, I don't even know how many day reign of being champion of. That's that that that's the story I would take it, um, because you get the press with Logan Paul winning, and then you could say Swerve, Roman's still champion, but this is how we're gonna split up the belts, um, right. However, I don't think I don't think Logan is going to win. I I really don't. It's definitely gonna be Roman. I think we'll get somewhat of a competitive match. Um, I think we get a, a Jake Paul interference at some point. But I don't I don't see it being enough to win the actual match. If I'm predicting this, if I'm booking this, Roman Reigns destroys Logan Paul. Just I would say like Superman punch, done. Right? Do like twenty minute entrances, ring the bell and like Superman spear, Superman spear, done. Like just in the match with those four moves and and then leave. That would be fucking amazing. And a great way to sort of segue into Bray Wyatt. Superman Spear, Superman Spear, Roman standing over Jake Paul, and Bray Wyatt sort of coming out saying, you are the reason I'm this way, Roman. And then ultimately I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to transform or transfer us into the Roman range, Bray Wyatt, Feud, which everyone is already sort of predicting, and I'm sort of fearing to happen, because my fear is Bray Wyatt's either going to take a loss that's going to hurt his momentum, or he's going to win the titles, which is going to hurt his momentum again, because he doesn't need the titles. Um, I really don't even think Bray Wyatt needs to wrestle, in my mind. Like, just have him do these fucking promo segments and send us on this rabbit chase and stuff like that, and give us bit after bit after bit, and have this sort of like episodic breakdown. Of Bray Wyatt, where like you're, you're seeing him break down, uh, psychotic breakdown, and because ultimately I think that's what it is. I don't think it's a faction. I think it's just six personalities of Bray, and he's schizophrenic. That's what I think this is. Right. So, but I think we're gonna get Bray versus Roman. Um, I think we'll get Bray Wyatt. You'll have. Bray's gang versus Roman's bloodline at Survivor Series in one of the War Games matches. And I think we'll move on from there in whatever way that turns. Um, I'm not going to book that far fantasy in ahead. But yeah, that, that, that's my prediction. I mean, it's real simple, <laughs> right? So that's where we're at. That's the podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name, of course, is Randall Beatley. Find me on TikTok at We2Deep413. That is We2Deep413. We, W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank you again for watching this or listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I will see you on the next episode.